Welcome back to Hug Your People, episode 24. It's very fitting that we're in Charleston for five days at MUSC Children's Hospital, and we are at the exact six-month mark of being diagnosed, and um, it's triggering a lot of emotions for me. It's, um, yeah, just being here, and we've got the Ronald McDonald House for me and my wife, and being here six months later on the campus of MUSC, it's triggering just a lot of emotions, and I can't believe that it's been half a year um, that we've been fighting this, but um, at the same time that it seems like it's been longer, it seems like it hasn't been that long, too, so uh, today we're going to talk about the, the path, you know, the journey, the business of cancer, kind of what we're up against, all the things that we've been through. Uh, we're going to talk about the American Airlines plane course we're going to talk about Alex's lemonade stand and just anything else that I can think of because I'm getting a lot of uh, a lot of things coming in my head just being really sentimental really I don't know if nostalgic is the right word uh, when you talk about it but it's uh it's what it is so I'm excited to just dive in and talk about it but welcome back to episode 24 of hug your people six months huh wow it was uh, actually it's just two days shy, I've got to be honest. March 22nd, we were airlifted from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina to Charleston, South Carolina with kidney failure and a tumor. At that point, we didn't know what the tumor was, but we knew it was a tumor. And um, today is September 20th, so in two days, it'll be exactly six months. That's... Uh, amazing I think part of you thinks we'd have been done with it by now you know that's that's a very southern way to say it we'd have been done with it but uh, we would have been done with cancer by now we'd be over it we would there's, there's just a small part of you that doesn't operate on what you know the science and the rational emotion that, that operates on hope and the miracle and the remote possibility that everybody was wrong that the uh the scanning machine that day had some dust on it or something you know you create these uh, amazing scenarios of possibility and i think that's a mechanism of coping it's a mechanism of keeping your sanity it really is but um the truth is you can't not face reality and that's the the, that's the tough part, I guess. But six months in, and we're we're in good shape. We're not we're not cured. We don't we haven't have it beaten. We're not out of the woods. But considering where we've been, we're in good shape. And when we started back in March um, with kidney failure, it was there were the questions that have come up. I'll just go through some. You know, and it, I've talked about them on the podcast, I think. Um, but. The questions that have come up were, one, was he going to be able to have function of his kidneys ever again? Um, And it was about at that point where we were having to catheter my son about five or six times a day at home to make sure we were draining the bladder so that it didn't, we didn't get into a bad situation. And um, that was something I never thought would be on my resume in a million years. And it was not a fun experience, you know, for any of us but it was necessary, and we did it, and Bax did it. 
and that was that was kind of where we started. So that was really the first challenge that came up. We talked about all the obstacles of, you know, there's a high probability that Baxley won't be able to have have kids. Um, there's a probability that there'll be some other functioning, reproductive functions that won't, you know, we'll have to address. And all of that is, is the trade-off for, for your life, basically, you know. And so it's, it just wasn't a question. But the last six months, you know, I think I'm so triggered today, you know, at, at MUOC, you know, we're Ronald McDonald House. And the, the last time we were here on this kind of stay, um, not the last time, but next to last, uh, second to last, was we didn't know when it was going to end. So we were just here. And now we know we're here for five days and it's part of our plan. It's part of our protocol. And that's on many levels reassuring. And on a, but it doesn't take the emotion out of it. It doesn't take the, the thought out of it or the, you know, it's not even thought. It's, you can't help but reflect. You know, you can't help but go back to that emotional place of this is scary. You know, what's going to happen? And I still have days where I'm, you know, you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you just start crying. You know, or you're, you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you start thinking, or not even driving, you know, you're just sitting here and you're thinking, did I hear them correctly? Max is going to be okay. He's treatable. Is that right? He's treatable. Or you read something and, and you think, they said stage four. Do, are, are we okay? And it gets to be really um, a really a mind game and what I coach around and with all my clients is mindset and so you got to look at it like practice what you preach kind of thing and so the practice what you preach comes in the fact that you're saying don't let this mess with your head don't, me don't let it mess with your life and make sure you're keeping a good good mind around what's really happening so the the game then becomes uh, be proactive on your mindset, be reactive on your treatment. And that's counterintuitive to what I, I do most of the time. You know, most of the time I'm trying to act two steps ahead of what is actually going to happen in my business and at home, you know, and with backs, you know, I always consider the worst case scenario to keep him in, out of harm's way. And with this, it's if the cancer shrinks, then this. If the cancer doesn't, then this. If uh, if he's hungry, then this. If he can't eat, then this. And if you know, it's very much just round and round, situation situation. So um, I got to stop because I feel like I'm rambling, and I am, and it's because I'm starting to think about six months ago, and. Uh, As a parent, you want to go back there and say, is there something I could have done? And we know there's not. We've been through that, and we're, I'm pretty much past that. But for some reason right now, it's coming back up. You know, is there something I could have done? And I know there's not, so don't worry about me. Like, I'm okay. <laughs> but like I say, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here on the campus of MUSC. I'm about to go to Ronald McDonald House, and then I'm going to come back and spend the night in the hospital with Bax. And that's too familiar. That's too familiar to the day that, we got had to sit at that table and hear hear the word cancer for the first time. So I think that's what's going on. But I was rambling to protect myself, and I, once I I had to realize that and say that's not why we do this. That's not why I do this podcast. I don't do this podcast to protect. I do this podcast to expose. And 
So I want to I want to do that. I want to expose it. It's this is this is very difficult. This is very difficult. Um, at the same time, I say this is difficult. I look at how hard it was six months ago and how um, much more strength I have today and how much more wisdom I have today and um, how my wife and I can fight and then not fight and then <laughs> realize where most of our stress comes from and then uh, and everything's good. She and I are closer than ever, I think. And um, I think that's the... Those are the good parts that come out of it. And I think there's a lot of good parts that come out of it, but you can never really say fully where you're going to end up or where you're going to be or what's what the end result, the end game's going to be. You never really know because a lot can happen. And I think that's the challenging part is that we're, I think we're constantly, as humans, we're constantly conditioned for certainty. You know, even in business, you, you take calculated risk or you don't take a risk or you take blind risks and you know the outcome potentials on all of them. And everything we do as humans, we want to be as certain as possible, I feel like. And there's no certainty here. You know, we suspect and we know up to this point, but when you're dealing with the human body, and the doctors have told us this, you know, until you get in there, you just don't know. And right now we think we're trending in a good way. We know that we can kind of cue the progress based on Baxley's energy, based on his, um, his moods, based on certain... Um, bodily functions as well as fevers and things like that and I think the the biggest thing for us you know you've, if you've seen pictures you follow me on Facebook or Instagram you've seen pictures his hair started to grow back and I'll tell you why and um, so he, he's got what they call neuropathy and that that basically impacts the uh, extremities you know the use of his feet and ankles and legs and hands and wrists uh, is really where it's hitting him the hardest, meaning he, when he walks, he doesn't have his balance very well, and he walks on his tiptoes, and his foot won't go at a 90-degree angle because of the neuropathy, and there's a particular kind of chemotherapy that causes that. It's called vincristine, and um, that's that uh, he is on medication uh, to help with the pain, help with you know everything that goes along with the neuropathy, and... Uh, the, the medication is called Neurotinin for you science people that are following along. <laughs> so he's on Neurotinin three times a day, and he, we just started physical therapy where he gets in and stretch. Now, all of this will come back. This is not a permanent fixture, but what we want is him walking as soon as possible. So, so that's kind of part of, of what we're dealing with, with with that. And so he went off Vincristine for a while, so he was able to walk around a little bit. And then today he went back on Vincristine. And um, because it's important that that is part of our protocol, that's part of the treatment that helps continue, reduce the tumor, kill the cancer, fix us, get us back where we need to be. So just managing all those side effects uh, is kind of kind of where we're at. And um, as we see progress, we can easily see, you know, it can regress. and. Like when I talk about his hair being here and it coming back a darker color, like that's no problem. What we know is now that we've started in Christine back, which also causes um, part of the mixture that causes hair to fall out, we know his hair is going to fall out again. And uh, he's just starting to have that life of a normal boy kind of vibe going on. And then we'll go back to having that 
obvious child that has cancer. Um, and right now, it almost looks like, outside of his, his walking, it almost looks like he's just got a really short haircut. <laughs> um, and and for us, it's kind of a it's a it's a relief. It's a sigh because we can we don't get as many looks in the grocery store. We don't get as many looks at the ball games. You know, we we don't get um, get as much of that. But we also have to protect ourselves and that we know that it's going to fall out again and we'll be right back there. And that's okay as long as the progress is being made. We can deal with all that. And part of helping us deal with that has been how open we've been about our story or at least open I've been, you know, my, my wife is open in her own way. She is very open with people she loves and trusts. She is, and I wish I could show you how she is with the other moms who are in the oncology ward. Her and Baxley right now are with some of our friends um, from Proton Radiation in Florida. And uh, it's two moms and probably four kids in a room just connecting, you know. And so we didn't know these folks before and we know them very well now and so that's that's my wife's way of sharing this process and journey with with people um, you know me a little bit you know that I'm very much out there and I very much don't mind putting things in public if I think it's going to do people good and our family good and um, I think we've proven that it has uh, that this does do a lot of people good myself included and so that's kind of how, when we make those things public, it helps us deal with the ebbs and flows of treating cancer. It helps us deal with the, my son looks sick today, my son doesn't look sick, my son's going back to looking sick. Um, or, you know, Baxley threw up for the first time since this started, which is a blessing, but he threw up for the first time, so it scares us because we know other kids who throw up a lot. And so we wonder, is that, uh, is that something that, we need to be concerned with and you just go through this whole cycle you know you look over the six months and when we got home the first day that we had to catheter my son we were scared I mean my wife and I were scared we had never done anything like that neither one of us are medic in the medical field you know and you've got a four-year-old boy and the physical pain I don't think it hurt him physically I think he just didn't want to do it and it was not certainly not comfortable and it certainly wasn't comfortable for me and my wife to do that to him. So we had to have, you know, three or four people there in various capacities to get it done. Now the challenge is, if it wasn't done, he would go back into kidney failure. And his bladder would fill with urine and it would start to be a big, big problem. So no matter what the feeling was around it from us or him, um, if there was some physical pain involved, if there was some emotions involved, if there were tears involved or screaming involved, whatever it was, it, ha it still had to be done. And that's as best as I can sum up, you know, treating cancer is like, you just do what you got to do. And I don't think any of it's fun. You know, I think it's, you know, even, even when we get to do something that is a distraction like go to a zoo or go to a game like don't get me wrong we have plenty of good times and we laugh as much as as, as anybody but i think it really comes down to um, is it fun to load up the wagon and go to a ball game and have to get special treatment and have to plan for the worst and have to tell everybody hey if we leave in five minutes because Baxley's tired or says he wants to go please don't hold it against us 
you know, those are the parts that aren't fun. But we're very grateful that we've been able to get out and have are able to do that. And so I, I just think, you know, it seems like God, man, it's it's so true. I can't I can't describe it. It's very hard for me to describe how it seems like yesterday and it seems like ten years ago that we put Baxley in a helicopter and flew him to Charleston because he was in kidney failure and had a tumor and we didn't know what it was. It just seems so long ago. And at the same time, I come back here six months later and I'm, I can go right back to that place. I can go right back very easily. Um, and I gotta be careful of that. And um, It's a trip, it really is. I think the, the, the letting out, so, the, so that, I guess that's the, that's the challenging part. Let me, I need to spin this to a different place, so I'm going to do that. Let me talk about some of the blessings that we've had and some of the support that we've had. And um, I'm not going to talk about everybody, and I'm not going to mention names because I will inevitably forget somebody. We've just had so many people do so many wonderful things for my family. Um, so... The blessings have just been, it's overwhelming, you know, and we're not used to asking for help. We don't ask for help. We don't want to ask for help. But sometimes people just identify, people that know us just identify where help is needed and they show up. And that's been amazing for our family. Everything from uh, contributions to Ronald McDonald House to uh, buying the hats, wagons, uh, gift cards, toys for backs, um, gifts for backs that are designed to be opened at some point along his treatment. Uh, games for backs to play, handmade games like they have all these instructions. It's so amazing because it keeps them distracted for so long, and um, it, it's just amazing. And then next Friday, Rock Solid Foundation is coming to our house. A week from today, Rock Solid Foundation is coming to our house, and they're going to install a playground for Baxley. And um, you know, you just go through the gamut of you know. I've talked about my business colleagues that have, have helped me immensely, and. Uh, my friends from college and my friends from camp and my friends from high school and um, friends from work and people I haven't seen in 30, 40 years. Uh, it's just, it really is amazing. The, the, what I want to also talk about is that we are the exception to the rule when it comes to that. And I didn't realize how fortunate we were until you guys showed up. And um, I always knew that we were had a good support crew, had, had, we had friends, you know, we don't make enemies easily and try not to. And um, I see people that don't have that luxury or don't have that ability or don't just don't have that in their life while they're going through this. And so, um, so we are very grateful. As hard as it's been, I think it's been, I think it's been made a lot easier than it could have been because of, of you guys. And so that's, that's something I'm very grateful for. Um, I'm very grateful that we'll be we're going to take hug your people and help a lot more people and that when Baxley gets through this, if he decides for hug your people to be part of his mission, then that's what it will be. And he can use it for as much or as little as he wants. It will be part of my, my mission. It'll be part of Suzanne's mission because that's kind of how, how we started. And then Baxley will decide when the time comes if he needs to be a part of it or if he just wants to move on. Um, and either answer is correct. Either answer is right. And so as, as hard as it's been, as, as difficult as it's been, as the things that, you know, you deal with, from catheting to if he gets 100.4 fever in the middle of the night, we have to get in the car and drive two hours to the ER. Um, well, first we have to stop by the ER in Myrtle Beach and get antibiotics within an hour. 
or we're in big trouble. Once we get them stabilized with those antibodies, then we have to come down to Charleston for a hospital stay. And we have to be aware of that. We have to be aware of germs. There are hand sanitizers all over our house. There's um, no shoes in our house. There's just a lot going on. And then there are times when he can just go out in public and be fine. So I think that's really what's made the um, made it seem harder is just we have to pay attention nonstop and it's exhausting on some levels and then you look at how great Baxley's doing and it's very rewarding to know that you're capable, you know, and I'm capable of running a business and and helping my clients and keeping the household running and helping Baxley. My wife is capable of holding down a full time job and her company has been great and, and keep maintaining a household and, and being there for Baxley and so it really is. So the six-month podcast is just uh, a bunch of rambling. It really is. But I think diving back into the emotions is so we don't forget how far we've come and how far we have to go. You know, we're at week 25 of 67. So uh, for all intent and purpose, we're about a third of the way. And, um, and that's where we just keep going. That's it. We just keep going. So something very exciting tonight is happening. Uh, American Airlines uh, is raising awareness for pediatric cancer during child, um, during pediatric cancer awareness month. And they've painted a few planes. And what they've asked is that uh, for donations to paint a child's name on the side of planes. And they are gonna uh, paint those planes and talk about those planes and put those planes in the air. And tonight, flying out of Los Angeles is a plane that has Baxley Hoover on the side of it. How amazing is that? And um, that was just uh, a remarkable gift from uh, my old friend from camp, Seth Feinberg, who works for American Airlines. Um, He reached out to me early on and said, would it be okay if if I donated and put Baxley's name on a plane for you guys? And I said, that would be amazing. As much as Baxley loves airplanes and playing planes, and I showed, Seth sent me the uh, a picture of the plane today or an image of one of the planes today and let me know that Baxley's plane was flying out of LAX this evening and I showed Baxley and he just thought it was the most amazing thing in the world. He, he thought it was just the coolest thing that could ever happen that doing that. So we want to thank American Airlines, Seth Feinberg. Thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate you uh, for doing that. And that plane leaves it this evening from LAX headed. Uh, I'm not sure where it's headed, but wherever it's going, it's got Baxley's name on it. And that's all that matters to me. So jump over to American Airlines if you want to uh, support their cause. They're, they're doing some great work for pediatric cancer. And, and we really um, couldn't be more grateful for that. I mentioned the Rock Solid Foundation coming to our house next Friday to put Baxley a safe place to play in our backyard. They really have uh, done an amazing work. We've got about 35 volunteers coming to our house to help install the playground. And we're going to have a little reveal party for Baxley. Uh, he knows it's coming, but I don't think he understands what's going to happen. And so there'll be plenty of uh, stuff around there. Rock Solid Foundation is just amazing when it comes to helping these kids and doing things like that that really fill a big void for um, kids like Baxley. If you're following us on the Alex's Lemonade Stand Million Mile, we, uh, it's, I mean, I'm just blown away, blown away. We have uh, raised over $8,000 for Alex's Lemonade Stand, Pediatric Cancer Research, 
We have logged over 2,000 miles in the month of September so far. We're about half, we're a little more than halfway there. Um, and, and it just is amazing. It really is amazing. I think overall, Alex's Lemonade Stand is coming up on a million dollars raised uh, for this particular, this month for pediatric cancer. And um, God, that's just, it's remarkable. So thank you guys who have supported us. If you've run or walked or biked, if you've donated money, pledged money, um, just checked us out, supported us, said, hey, keep going. We really appreciate you. And we've got about 10 days left to keep logging miles and keep taking donations. So um, go to my Facebook page. You can find the, the link where you can donate or get involved. There's still time. And, um, and that's just amazing. Thank you so much for that. So what's next for Hug Your People? I mean, this is the big question. A lot of people ask, how can we get involved in the wagons? How can we, uh, can we get a hat? Can we, you know, what's going on with Hug Your People? So I'll just tell you our intention, and we've got the ball moving. Um, everything is in the works. So our intention is to make Hug Your People a 501c3, which is a nonprofit organization. Um, we don't have any aspirations of it being a big one at this point, but. What we really want is we need, we've had a lot of kind souls that want to help with the wagons and financially and help with uh, the hats financially and help impact these families' lives financially. So the real purpose is so we can keep finances separate from our families. Um, and then the long-term focus will be once, we, once we're cancer-free, we'll have a lot more time to devote to it. So we're using the next 45 weeks to uh, 42 weeks to prepare for that day we get we become cancer free and we can devote a lot more time to helping other families. If we are already a 501c3 at that point and we have a good foundation of finances, we can really launch into helping a lot of people very quickly. So that is our intention with it. We have ordered a hundred more adult hats and we've got 50 kid hats that will be that are that are here and they'll be ready for order next week. So uh, we're going to keep the hug your people hats going we sold out of the first the first hundred that was amazing um thank you so much if you bought a hat and shipped and we shipped them to you all the hats have been sent uh, if you don't have yours yet it's on the way if you don't get it uh, message me and i'll make sure we track it and, and get you one um, but the new hats are here and I'll, I'll tell you how you can order those coming up so hug your people is a lot bigger than we think if we my wife and i sat down and we really think that hug your people is headed for a, a big push with the wagons, of course, because I think that's just a, a specific need that needs to be met. Raising money through Alex's Lemonade Stand and the hats, but also I see potential scholarships in the future uh, down the line coming through that organization. So that's just a, a little peek behind the curtain of where this might go. Right now we're keeping it very small and organic, mainly because we're in the middle of our cancer fight and we can't do any more than we're doing. So taking a big check and, and having 100 wagons on deck, that doesn't make any sense for us because uh, we, have, we still have to work and we still have to attend to Baxley and we still have to do these things. So we're taking it slow, but this time next year we will be in full swing, actively pursuing a lot of wagons and a lot of hats and a lot of give backs and events and things like that. So that's where Hug Your People is. Thank you all so much for supporting that and uh, we look forward to maybe you supporting us on a bigger level in the future.
There it is, episode 24 of Hug Your People. This is, uh, it's not even bittersweet. It's just, uh, there's a lot of emotion around this trip to Charleston for some reason, and we'll get through it, and uh, we'll get back home and get back to doing what we do. But uh, the good news is that we believe that Bax is making great progress. He's showing great signs of, of energy and health, and um, we are very optimistic about our treatment and our protocol, and our doctors have been wonderful. And, so with that, that allows me more energy to do things like this podcast and to kind of help create awareness of what it's really like. Because if you look at the small, small percentage of kids who actually get diagnosed with cancer and the families that have to go through it, I don't think there's a great awareness around what it's really like in the day-to-day and the week-to-week. And so that's my goal in hoping that we could shed some light on it so that uh, if you have the means and the ability to get involved in some way in helping these families, that you will. And uh, I, I regret that it took this for me to open my eyes and realize what a big challenge this was and, and how deeply it impacts people and how deeply uh, it can really um, sway a family. But we're here, we're going to do good, and we're going to keep going. And uh, I hope you'll be along the ride with us. Episode 24, as always, go out into the world and hug your people.